Yeah, no, I think you're on. Uh, I'm on. Yeah. yeah. Wave on the back row if you can hear me. Dan, can you hear me? Good. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I've got, uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Gordon and I'm involved in the six o'clock congregation where I'm part of the team there. Um, but I do float around some of the other congregations as well from time to time doing various things. And for those of you that have been around for quite a while, know that I've been taking you on a journey through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does anyone remember that? Yeah? Yeah? So here's a question I'm going to chuck out to you. I'm not asking for answers. It's just one of How are you doing with them? How's it going in this congregation? How's it going in your life with the gifts of the Spirit, the supernatural encounters with God? Yeah? Okay? One out of ten, two out of ten, five, seven, just that. Now, last time I talked about miracles. Anyone here for that? Remember that? Yep. So I'm going to go into that in a bit more this time. And before I start, I just want to say this talk is nothing to do with a plug for the offerings the next, next couple of weeks. It just happens to have slotted into the, into the calendar in that particular way. So please don't think this is, this is something completely, this is different. Because I want to talk today about the gift of giving. And the supernatural gift of giving. And I find it one of the most exciting experiences with God. And also some of the most scary. And like Bridget told her story, much of this is, part of it is my story as well. And, and so I'm bringing stuff from my own heart today as well. And, and I hope you'll bear with me because time has run on a bit, but Jonathan has said I, I can go for it because I want to go for it. But what I want to do today is I want to impart something today. Even if you forget the detail of the word, I want something of the spirit to come upon people today, something of the supernatural of God to come on people today. Um, so I'm going to read some scriptures because in this talk, what I want you to do, I want you to forget some things before we start the talk, Okay. I want you to forget two things. I want you to forget... Well, actually, this doesn't apply to a lot of you, actually, in this congregation. I was going to say, forget that you're British. But actually, there's a lot of people here who aren't British in this congregation. <laughs> but forget you're British, because British people don't like talking about money. Right? But Jesus did, so we're sticking with Scripture. But also, the second thing I want you to forget about is I want you to forget all about stuff about American prosperity preachers and all the stuff that they talk about as well. I just want you to forget all about it. And I want you just to follow me through some scriptures and through some stories. Yep. But but try and put those two things out of your mind as we as we go for it. So I'm gonna start with are these things were working the scriptures, because I know we had a problem with the scriptures last time, didn't we? Putting scriptures on the wall. So I'm gonna read some scriptures Try and stay with me if the scriptures don't come up there. So the first one is Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. Okay, And this is talking about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the previous ones, we've looked at some of the Corinthians ones. It says here, in verse, verse 6, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, 
then encourage. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is a lead, do it diligently. If it is show mercy, then do it cheerfully. What we're talking about here is the supernatural gift of the spirit of giving. Not just a general generosity that is part of what all of us are called to. It's listed here as a supernatural gift of the spirit. And that's what I want to look at this morning. So if we had loads of time, I'd encourage you to read the whole of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. So it's a bit of homework because that's the foundational scriptures for what I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to pull out a few verses from those chapters. Now, this the background to these is that the churches around were taking up an offering to help relieve some poverty. Yeah, that's the background to it. We don't need the full story. Just, just think that's the background to that. This is not people whipping up people trying to give, get them to give in to their ministry or anything like that. This is about trying to relieve some poverty. So 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 6. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. In the midst of very serious trial, their overwhelming joy, their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. This is not a talk for the rich. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, this is a talk for people like the Macedonians. If you're rich and you're well off, simple. Scripture just says, give. Yeah, easy. Because that's part of being, if you're rich, give. This is a talk, this is about a supernatural gift that God gives to people. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their own ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Yeah, Normally, people stand at the front pleading for you to give. This is the other way around. They're pleading to be able to give. Yeah, Different mindset. Okay, That's where we're coming from here. Um, And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace. And it goes on to talk there about how that Titus had gone to collect the money that they'd raised, etc. And then we flip over to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. I would apologise for the amount of scriptures, but I don't really, because there's a lot of rubbish talked on this, and I want us to be founded in scripture. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves the cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's what scripture says. Now, if those of you were here last time when I was talking about miracles, I'm using the gift of giving as almost applied miracles, as actually making miracles work. Because to be honest, it's the one I've seen most in my own life. I haven't really turned much water into wine or walked on, uh, walked on water or, you know, done many of the other ones. 
but I have seen some of this stuff, and it's been real. And we said that there were, in Scripture last time, that there were three types of miracles in Scripture. There were things that were possible, but very unlikely. There were divine coincidences when God had prompted something out of what was possible. Then there were miracles of multiplication, where there was some small thing that multiplied. And then the final type of miracle were where the laws of nature the laws of science, the laws of the world, really, were overwritten. And we said there were the three types of miracles in Scripture. And we actually said that the last one was actually the least common, even though, because miracles are not magic. Yeah? They're God at work, supernaturally, doing stuff. They are not magic. Yeah? So, I want to look at what is the gift of giving. Yeah, so remember what we've got to forget today, those two things. We're looking at what scripture talks about in terms of the gift of giving. And I define the gift of giving as miracles with money. Yeah, Um, we have healing miracles, don't we? All sorts of different miracles. I call the gift of giving miracles with money. And I want to look at how it works. Yeah, yeah. so I've said it, the gift of giving is not about being, just about being generous, although it tells us to do it with generosity. Yeah? So it's not just about being generous. Generous is a, a fruit of the spirit that we're all called to have, and particularly those that are well off are called to have. But this is something different. This is a, and it's not about being guilt-tripped into contributing. How many times have you felt guilt-tripped into contributing to stuff. Anybody else other than me, or am I the only one that sometimes feels guilt-tripped? Yeah? Not many. Okay, it's just me then. I, I, I sometimes feel guilt-tripped. I go to different things, particularly in kind of work and stuff like that, and you feel people making emotional appeals. But also, I, I sometimes feel you get that with Christians as well, Christian stuff, trying to guilt-trip people. That's not faith. That's just manipulation. Yeah? So if you feel guilt-tripped into giving... In, in, in the offering, don't bother. But if, but if and that's upset Jim, but I, I'm, I'm being quite, quite direct about it because that isn't faith. That isn't the gift of giving. It's about being guilt-tripped. That's just manipulation. Yeah? And it doesn't, it doesn't come from God. But the gift of giving is a supernatural gift of the Spirit that releases the miraculous in areas of money and provision. Is anybody up for that? Yeah? Anybody want to see some, yeah? It's scary to go there, I tell you. <laughs> it's scary, but if you're up for it, it's an exciting journey, yeah? And as we said about the things, it works in different ways. It works on unlikely but possible t- situations, you know, where somebody is prompted divinely to give. They've got something and they're just prompted by the Spirit to give to some need that they weren't aware of. I remember a time years ago when my wife and I, and and we were struggling to make ends meet and we run out of food. We had no food at all. And we went round to somebody's house for, for a meal. We hadn't told anybody about it. We were just, we were just asking God to provide. And this couple said, how are you doing? I said, well, it's okay, you know, like you do, it's fine. They said, well, we just feel like we'd like to give you some food. 
and they had one of these big chest freezers, you know what they're like, you don't really see many of them these days, but big chest freezers, and they just went to this chest freezer and emptied the whole chest freezer to us, just gave us the lot. You know, it was amazing. Yeah? There was no multiplication of the food in the chest freezer or anything of that nature. The food just didn't land on our doorstep, but they were prompted by the Spirit to give. Yeah? Then there's multiplication. Yeah? That, that's one of the things. Is so many times we've seen just little amounts just somehow just seem to, to grow. It's really hard to describe unless you're actually there. But it's almost like you take that little bit that you've got and you start planting it and then all of a sudden another bit comes and another bit. And it's like it multiplies. A bit like planting seeds. It's really interesting how it works. Yeah? We saw some of that with a granary. We set off, didn't we, as a church? And we, we by divine coincidence, we found this derelict building and we already had some money from that we sold before and bought it. And then it was like this little church. We, you, know, we, we, you know, those of us on the trustees knew that, you know, sometimes it was struggle to just balance the books, let alone fund a building like that. And yet, yet we just need something and an offering comes and what was it in the first offering? It was about yeah, it's massive, wasn't it? And it just came out of nowhere. Now, yes, people had got it, but it was like it was multiplying. We'd taken that thing and it, it came. And we saw so many times as we went on the journey with the granary. Just each time, God provided. There wasn't a lot of hype. There wasn't manipulation. We did offerings, but they weren't hyped. You know, there wasn't, you know, Richard in a big white suit saying, donate here and God will prosper you or any of that. It was just God providing and here we are in this wonderful building and also we still don't know how it happened there was an extra 10,000 appeared in the account wasn't there and we still don't know where it came from was that an impossible thing that had happened and those of us that are on the journey at the raw end it was scary but exciting seeing God provide each step of the way and at no point did we have I don't know how much was the total we spent on his must be nearly a I reckon, it's, I reckon it was heading towards a million, probably, if you include what went in. We never had that amount in the bank account. It just was there as we went along. Little old us. Yeah? So that's the first thing, is, is that one says, is that that's what I think the gift of giving is about. It's about miracles with money. The second thing I want to talk about on the subject of giving is one that I actually don't really hear many people preach on or talk about. So I'm going to chuck it in there. Is giving as worship. Yeah. When you look at worship in scripture, it isn't just about singing stuff. It's also about giving. You know, when they brought their worship, offer, the word offerings and worship, bring your worship and offering to the Lord, was often about bringing their gold, their sacrifices, their whatever it was they had to come that from what they had. They gave it as an act of worship. Yeah? There's a story in the Old Testament about Cain and Abel. Has anyone heard of that story? Yeah? When it says that Abel brought his first fruits, in other words, his tithe, that's the first 10% of the top, his tithe as an offering to God from his 
the stuff, the sheep and that that he produced. He brought the best to God as well. It also says he brought and he brought it as an offering to God. Whereas Abel said, "Oh, we just brought some of his produce. Just brought some, you know." And God blessed Abel because of it. Because he was bringing, not out of compulsion, not out of, oh, I better plunk something in the offering, but I'm going to give my best to God. I'm bringing it as worship. Whereas Abel, as Cain was just, oh, I'll just give something to God, you know. He, he brought it as worship. You know, they brought their offerings to God as part of worship. And that's one thing I try and do when I do the tithe, you know, you do it, do it by the bank account and give. I like to just sit there for a few minutes before I press the button and just, just, just worship God and just then press the button to send it because I just want to bring it, bring the very, and it's the first thing I do as soon as the money comes into my account from when we get paid. It's like the first thing that I like to do is just bring it as a first fruit. Not because it's a law or a rule, but because I feel I want to worship God from the first fruits of what I bring. First 10% before anything else happens, before I realise that there isn't enough to last for the rest of the month. The first 10% has been worshipped, yeah? And also, the script, we all talk about worship is from the heart, don't we? We always talk about when we're singing our songs and bringing it, we worship from the heart. Wasn't it wonderful the way they led us with the worship this morning? Wonderful, those guys. Absolutely wonderful. I'm glad I came. And... But and, and Jesus said, this is what Jesus said, it's interesting, he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And he's talking about giving. It's about giving, it's about, you know, you want to know where your heart is, where do you give? Where do you put your money? Yeah? If it's in, you know, all sorts of things that you spend money on, like we all do, and let's not be religious about it. Part of our heart's in that, isn't it? Yeah? If we're putting loads of money into our house, part of our heart's in that. Into our car, part of our heart's into that. That's where our treasure is, is that's where our heart is. Yeah? So, is our heart worshipping Jesus with our money? Is that what we're doing with it? Not, again, none of this is about manipulating, guilt-tripping. It's about worship, about loving Jesus. Is that where our heart is? Or is it, well, I better... Give some because the kind of the church needs it, or I feel I ought to contribute my little bit because I'm a member. No, it's about bringing worship. Next thing I want to talk about is our attitude to giving. So the first thing we talk about is that giving is worship. The second is our attitude. Those Macedonians about giving, they as we said, they pleaded to be able to give in the offering. As we said, this isn't a talk for rich people trying to. Get them. These were people, these were poor people saying, please let us contribute as well. We haven't got much, but please, please let us contribute um, into the offering. And he says, cheerfully and not under compulsion. Again, that's all to do with not being manipulated, not feeling guilty, not feeling compelled, but out of this heart of worship to God, yeah, that's how you give. And there's a principle that Jesus talked about, about giving. Again, we haven't got time to read it, but Jesus talked about the principle of giving secretly. Yeah? It's a private thing that you do in your heart. I even feel a bit 
funny talking, giving the talk, not because I'm British, but because I don't want to lose God's blessing for giving, because it's that, G, that God will reward openly. Some of the stuff is private. You give it privately because God sees. It's not about, oh, wow, what, what, what he put in there. That person only put a little bit. That's what Jesus was doing. He was saying, you know, it's from, from the heart because God will... And there's a principle, yeah, about giving in secret. Giving privately from the heart and letting God bless. And then generously... Is part of it. We talked about that before. God Himself is a giver. It's it's like it's who He is. It's His nature. So when we have the fruit of the Spirit in us, it's it's part of His nature is to be a giver. Is to give. Is to give. And then one Corinthians thirteen talks about giving with love and compassion. You know, it's not a transaction. Oh, I give to God. <laughs> So he will give back to me. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's totally wrong. Because it says, give with love and compassion. It says, if I give everything I have to the poor but don't have love, I won't receive anything back. Because, yeah? It actually says that. So it's to do with the heart. And the final thing is by faith. Whatever we do, do it by faith. It's a step of faith. The gift of giving involves taking steps of faith. There are many times that we feel prompted to give, aren't there? And they take those steps of faith, like the Macedonians, not out of excess all the time, but out of the following the promptings of the Spirit. It says that they gave way beyond what they had. And we're not gonna well, I'll talk about that in a bit in a minute. It's not about giving out of debt. But it's, it's about, and I'll tell you how this works sometimes. This is how, this is how I find it works. It's, there's often, I'll, I'll feel like, just getting money together, all right, you know, whatever. And then the Spirit of God will just prompt something in me, give to that. You know, like when Jesus said to the disciples, and there's the feeding of the 5,000, he was teaching them these principles. It's all these people, and they said, what have you got? Oh, just got a few loaves and fishes. Now, Jesus said, you feed them. But I've only got a few loaves and fishes. You feed them. But it's only a few loaves and fishes. How are we going to do this? And there's the times when the Spirit of God will say, Gordon, you do that. You know, I remember a few years ago um, that I just felt God say to me, give to that particular thing. It was a huge amount of money. He often says stuff way beyond what I've got. So it's not like... There's a hundred pound in the bank, and he'll say, "Give ten. It's usually there's a hundred pound in the bank, and he'll say, "Give a thousand." Yeah, that's how it kind of works with me. Sorry, that's just, just how it is. And so he says, "Give that." So, uh, uh, and so I said, and, and it was needed by the end of the year, and this was round about May time. So I made the commitment, I'm going to give that. I'll provide that need. So I said it. The person had a need. I said, I'll provide that need. And even because God had prompted me, not because I was manipulated into it. And then I started giving what I had each month and whenever something came in. And it was, it need, it was needed by the end of the year. And got to around about November time, and we were still several thousand pounds short was needed and I thought 
I'm going to have to apologise to the person and say, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then I read in Scripture, and it was just, I read in Scripture, and it, in Ecclesiastes, it says about honouring the vows you make before God. And I thought, I'm going to have to honour this vow. We're going to have a crap Christmas this year. Um, because I'm just going to have to give. So I did. I took all the end of November's money to go in. And that was the point before I was taking a regular salary out of the business. So I was earning what kind of came in. Gave what I got to honour the vow. And lo and behold, this client paid early. And I don't know whether you have many clients that you deal with, but not many of them pay early. Normally they pay after you've done it and then you bill them and then you chase them for it. Yeah, is that those of you that work in business? This one paid early. So we had a Christmas that year. And there was, I just find that it works like that. There's one this year alone, and again, I feel a bit embarrassed telling some of these because I feel like they're private, but I, I want to share with you how they work. So there was one this year, and um, there was a massive need that I was aware of. And I felt Spirit of God say to me, you meet that need. Okay, and I was sitting there, and, and I, I then said to the person, and the, I'll meet that need. And I sat there and thought, flip. Well, if I take all of my bonus, all the money that was going to go into my pension this year, would that do it? I was trying to work it all out. And then it just clicked on me that what... Well, my dad sadly passed away earlier this year. What I get from his inheritance, he's going to cover it. He just thought, wow, you know, that's how it kind of works in practice. So I'm not blowing my own trumpet. I'm just sharing stories of how this stuff actually works in reality and not, not in, in fluff. And then it says that, that giving is like seed that grows and multiplies. 2 Corinthians 9 actually describes giving as almost like being a farmer. And I'm not, I don't really understand farming, but the little I know is, is that farmers plant some seeds, the seeds grow and they have a big harvest. So they don't just plant some and then exactly what they plant is what they get back, is it? It kind of grows, is that right, with farming? Any of you that knows farming, the good soil, you, don't, yeah? you expect to get more back, don't you? To, yeah? And it describes giving... Like that, okay? So this is not American prosperity teachers. It just, I'm just talking what scripture says. Describes giving like that. So just like the stories I've told you, the feeding of the 5,000, how do you start? This is the way you start. Start with the little that you have in your hand and see what God does. Yeah? Take that little... And bear in mind, this has got to be following the prompting of the Spirit. It's supernatural. It's by faith. You've got to hear from God. Yeah, this is not about, oh, I feel manipulated into giving. I better empty it all into the offering next week, unless God prompts you. Yeah, it's take the little that you've got in your hand and see what God does. And I remember back years ago, something of this. I was brought up really poor. 
And something of this that was put in me by God, even as a teenager, when I didn't really know how to do it, and there was something, I'd never heard this kind of teaching at all, but something in me, every now and again, my parents would give me a pound, yeah, which wasn't worth much back then, worth even less now, but it was every now and again, I'd get that, when they had it, they'd give me a pound. I always wanted to put 10 pence in the offering. Is that, was that, it wasn't a law, it was something in my heart that prompted me to do that. I, I, then I remember when I, 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 when I was um, 19, I, I felt called to go and do a year's work serving God on something called a go team, like an evangelism team. And you had to fund yourself and live by faith. You've done that, haven't you? Live by faith, yeah? So that means that you don't have any regular income coming in. You've got to believe God for everything, right? So I felt called by God to go and do this. And they, they looked after you, but you had to pay fees in order to... And that's what you had to... And the only thing that I had was this old car that I saved up for over the years. And I had a car. That was really the only thing I had. That, that you know, at that age, you don't have much anyway, do you? So I'm not saying I was hard done by you. It was just kind of... Well, I got a car. And so I thought, well, if I sell the car, that will help towards the the fees. And I just felt God speak to me and say, give the car away. <laughs> okay, let's hear the ad. So I did. Gave the car away. It was an old car. It wasn't one, like one I drive now. It was, a, it was an old Russian larder, for people who know what they are. But it was all I had. And the thing was, is the guy I gave it to, felt to give it to, said, I've been praying for a car. He was a student. And he said, he'd been praying for a car. Anyway, so I went on this, this thing, and, and it got a bit hairy, I have to tell you, because you had to pay your fees on a quarterly basis. It got pretty hairy, because... So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll send religious prayer letters out, right? I'll send these out, telling, God about all the one, telling people about all the wonderful things God was doing, and I'll send them to people who I think have got some money, right? <laughs> Isn't that bad? It's awful, I'm confessing before you now. But, you know, that's manipulation, you know? And a few of them did send something. But, you know, the money came in by other means, not by that. And I really learned the lesson because I knew in my heart that what I was doing was trying to trust on other people to provide and not trust on God. And I knew it. On the outside, it's, hey, Gordon's living by faith. But in my heart, I knew that really what I was doing was trying to manipulate people into giving to me. So it's that's... That's what's wrong. Yeah. And here's another thing is don't wait until you have an excess to give. Start by faith. Because here's another part of the testimony. The more you have, the harder it is to give. You think, what's he talking about? That's crazy. I used to be poor. Now I'm not. When I was poor, it was easier to give because you had less to lose. When you've got more and you've got mortgage commitments and you've got all sorts of stuff, it's really hard. In actual fact, Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle than some turn to the kingdom of God. And he told the rich man, go and give everything that you have away. Yeah. So it's start with what you've got and see how God increases and multiplies. Because it says in Corinthians that he will increase your store of seed. Store of seed is the place where it's like a deposit account, if you like, that you've got to give from, okay? Rather than what you 
consume. Now, here's the thing. is One of the things that I do a lot is I like to understand business, economics, how things work, because I'm passionate about seeing poverty relieved. And so I've studied a lot of it. And, you know, the world's economy is based on shortage. That's how it works. Yeah? If you've got time, I'll tell you. But how it works is that the only reason that there's a price to something is because there's a limited supply. Yeah? And, but the kingdom of God is about everyone having enough and there being no lack. But the world's economy is based on shortage. You know, either, I heard a story recently where a guy wanted to set up um, a fashion business in Uganda. He, he was big in the fashion industry in the West, thought there's a lot of creativity in Uganda. Well, I can help relieve poverty in Uganda by setting up fashion industry in Uganda, indigenous fashion industry, using their creativity. We can, it can help Uganda. It failed because all of the um, stuff that, that gets dumped in clothes banks and stuff over here gets dumped in Uganda, so clothes have no value. So in other words, there's, there's no lack of clothes, so there is no... That it, it doesn't work in the world's economy when there is no lack. There's a story that I read in a book on Africa about the king of Mali, who apparently was mega, mega rich, and he went on a pilgrimage to Mecca and travelled through some of the countries of Africa, giving away huge amounts of money, and it crashed the economies there in numbers of, number of years. Yeah? All sorts of, I mean, I won't go into it now, but all sorts of weird stuff happened in our economy as a result of furlough. Do you remember furlough, where the government just handed money out for people not working? So when they were, it, it, it messed up all sorts of things. So you probably didn't see behind the scenes, but it did. And whereas the gods, that's how the world's economy works. It works on shortage. Whereas God's economy works on having enough and enough to give and there being no poverty. Yeah? So, coming into land now, sorry it's gone over, but Jonathan did say that, that he was starting late. So, I really want to finish it, if that's okay. So, where to give? Practically, tithe. Bring into the storehouse, which is it. Bring your tithe. You can teach on tithe another time. Give to the poor. That's the command of Scripture. Give to the poor. It doesn't say give to rich ministries so that they will pray for you and that you will be blessed the actual fact that's in uganda there's a lot of that that goes on and all it is is twisting their shamanism which is where the old witch doctors used to say give to the rich doctor and the witch doctor will then pray for you and you'll be healed and stuff like that and it's just a twisting of that it's not of god that's not how it works it says give to the poor and in Proverbs, it says that if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord who will richly repay. When one of the parables that Jesus told is, you know, those that were separated and from God and went to hell and those that didn't. It says, when did we? It says, when you gave to the poor, that's when you fed me. Yeah? Give to the poor, you're giving to Jesus. You lend, you haven't given God alone, whatever that means. I've no idea what that means. I'm not going to preach on it. Yeah? Also, as we read in 2 Corinthians 9, give to major need. You know, like we did earlier in the year to Malawi. 
That's where scripture tells us to give. Give to the storehouse, which is the church. Give to the poor. Give to major need. Yeah? That's, that's where I'd encourage you. That's not to say you're not generous in other things and you're not, because generosity is a, a fruit of the Spirit and you can be generous in all sorts of areas, but the intentional faith giving into those areas, that's what Scripture says. So, what stops us from giving? Fear. Yeah, no time to preach on it. Jonathan can do that. Fear. Yeah? One of the big things. Oh, if I give that, I'll run out of money. Oh, something might go wrong, so I need to save extra in my bank account. Fear. Yeah? Bear in mind, we're all talking about giving prompted by God, not giving just out of some manipulation. If you, if you feel manipulated to give, and you give to something that hasn't been prompted by the Spirit, you'll just end up poor. Mm-hmm. Um, the, then also, what other thing that stops us is our hearts. Yeah? The scripture says, we're talk, you're talking about people getting oppressed by stuff. Scripture says the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. In my work, I deal with a lot of very rich stuff. I deal with a lot of money, a lot of stuff. I've seen more demonic activity in that area than anything that I've seen with people who are struggling with stuff. Yeah, I've literally looked at someone once thinking, what's the issue here? And I felt the Spirit of God say it. you're facing mammon, which is a demonic spirit of money. That's what you're dealing with. That's what the root issue is here. That, if you want to know, that's that's, that's what Scripture says. It's not, you know, that it is. It's our hearts can be where where the issue is. Next thing is allow God to stir faith in you and step out when he speaks. Yeah? What's the worst that can happen? You end up missing a few meals because you've stepped out and, and missed a bit, yeah? Next thing is, are, this, are you in need? God is a provider and we can trust him for having our needs met. If you're in need, share it because the church is a place where God wants to meet needs. And let us be a church that despite the little we have, we use the same faith that got the granary to be, store, to be a store of seed to meet the needs of the poor. I, I just feel to impart something in that, to, to stir something in that, to say, let us, even though we are small, let us be a place, a store of seed that's what a granary is, store of seed. We read in Corinthians, store of, increase the store of seed. Let us be a store of seed that meets the needs of the poor. God has so put in my heart for Uganda and for meeting poor people in Uganda. I think, little old me, I can't... But God can multiply. And that's my challenge to us all, is let us be a place where the gift of giving is released upon us. Let us be a place where we stir that gift up. And there are people here where God has put on your heart to be givers. And you're nervous about it, you, you, you dismiss it. You know, um, I'm going to tell one more story. Is that, no, no, I won't, I won't, I'll finish. Okay, I'll, I'll finish now. Sorry for going on for so long. I get passionate about the subject. So I do apologise. Please forgive me. The worst that's happened is you've got a bit hungry. Pray for us. Okay. 
Actually, I'm going to be really bold rather than doing a general prayer. If you feel stirred in your heart to become a supernatural giver, would you stand up? Yeah, don't do it. Not good. No guilt trippers here. This is no guilt trip. All right? Right, I'm going to pray. Just reach out your hand. I stood up to something like this once where, where they said, there's someone here who feels God's called them to be a millionaire, to be a giver. And I remember feeling a total twollock standing up. <laughs> but the power of God hit me and something happened that day. So come on, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's receive now. Father, I just pray for the power to create wealth, to give, to be poured out upon those that are standing up. I just pray for supernatural gift of giving to be released into these people, to relieve poverty, to preach the gospel. God, I just pray right now for supernatural, supernatural stuff to happen with money. Amen.